The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Peter Dancy. I'm Jenna Rose. And I'm Ben Howard. And this week we are discussing... Black Klansman here on the Movie Gang Podcast. The latest film and the biggest release in over a decade for Spike Lee, the acclaimed filmmaker. Uh, This is a pretty, pretty interesting movie, so I think we're going to have a lot to discuss, as is often the case with Spike Lee. The man does not make uh, quiet, shriekly, uh, forgetting Oscar bait dramas. (laughs) The man's never going to make a... Uh, you know, a La La Land. A La La Land's perfect. <laughs> uh, so yes, this movie, the synopsis is, the film tells the incredible true story of Ron Stallworth, John David Washington, an African-American police officer from Colorado Springs, who successfully manages to infiltrate the local Ku Klux Klan with the help of his white Jewish partner, Flip Zenerman, played by Adam Driver. It is directed by Spike Lee and written by Charlie Wachtel, David Rabinowitz, Kevin Wilmot, and Spike Lee, based on the book Black Klansman by Ron Stallworth. So we have two very interesting guests this week, and uh, I want to turn over first to Jenna, because you actually live in Colorado Springs currently. Um, so I'm I kind do. of curious <laughs> what it was like to see this movie about your town 40 years ago, and also... <laughs> Your general thoughts. Yeah. Um, so I guess just as an overview, it was kind of cool to see, like, to recognize some of the, the footage that they use, which is definitely Colorado Springs. Um, sadly, I had a very unfortunate realization with the NORAD people. I, you know, not the highlight of the movie for me. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but Overall, I, I really liked the movie. Um, I thought it was powerfully done, especially, of course, given the, you know, the one-year historical significance um, and the choice of the release date. I also, overall, I just, I liked a lot of the, like, a lot of the imagery. So one thing that I was talking to one of my good friends about, um, she saw it on Sunday, is I loved the part where you're seeing all the close-ups of the faces, and it's just, it's beautiful in that, you know, it's, it's people's faces as they are. And of course, these are actors and actresses, but there's still differences and um, just in how people are portrayed. And I loved that. And yeah, um, I think there's a lot to unpack. So I'm sure I'll have a lot more to say, but that is my very brief synopsis. Yes. So how about you, Peter? What did you uh, think of this film? Uh, Well, I literally saw this movie last night uh, after after working. So so, so it was was a nice kind of, jolt to my like, nice kind of nice kind of jolt to my to my to my spirit after after working like all day but 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 i but i, re- I really enjoyed this movie it, it was um kind, kind of kind of some kind of something that we touch on that we have touched on several times uh you you sarah and i and in, in recording uh for geek space nine it's it, it, it was it was so interesting watching this film and realizing okay this happened like like, like this happened in the 70s but there are so many aspects of it, so many things that are said, um, that are so very applicable to the applicable to so much dialogue 
that we're having today. So, so, so I think, so I think that's definitely one big reason that, that 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 I enjoyed this film because it's because it's like because it's like you can look at this film, you can look at the subject content, and look at what's happening today, and say, okay, no, yeah, we've made a lot of strides. We've, we we have made a lot of strides, like, like like progress, but there's still work to be done. Very much like what was said in the films, and so it's cool to see the differences and similar and similarities um and 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 make make and make those connections both as we'll get to both in what but both in what happened back then and also in what the film literally showed at the end of the film but we'll get to that yes i guess we'll just say as always spoilers uh this doesn't seem like a film you actually need spoilers for but i think particularly the ending imagery is something you need to kind of experience without knowledge ahead of time. I knew that there was some element to that, just like the, like talked around about, and I kind of wish I didn't even know any of that because the way he cuts to what happens at the end, which we'll talk about, is so interesting and so not what I was expecting uh, how to do it. Um, that Yeah, so I'll just say that. Uh, spoilers. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm coming from this one as a, as a fan of Spike Lee, I'll admit I just haven't seen enough of his films, but I've probably seen about maybe half. Um, and he's just one of the most fascinating directors, I think, out there. I think most people only see Do the Right Thing, which is a, a fabulous movie and worth seeing. But I think they see that and they think, that's what a Spike Lee movie is. And that that man, you never know what you're going to get out of that man. <laughs> he just, yeah. he, he, will, he will put out something and you're just like, like I was telling Peter off air, like Chirac is based on, his last one was based on Lysistrata and is all told in rhyme, but is about like modern brutality in Chicago. Like he always has a very political bent and he always has certain themes he goes back to, but he's never kind of repeated himself. And I was very curious about this film because on its surface, it's it, it, there's a reason it's his widest release in a decade. It's his most accessible in a decade. I mean, he's spent mm-hmm. the last decade making uh, remakes of black exploitation vampire movies and a uh, remake of a Korean, South Korean film, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And he's <laughs> <laughs> actually only movie I've ever walked out of in a theater. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's just kind of jumped around. He did like a weird sequel to Do the Right Thing. He's done all kinds of very fascinating stuff in this decade. And so I was like, what is he up to? Because he's not exactly been like trying to aim for mainstream. And this feels like a much more mainstream film. And the reason it is is because it is 95% a very, in a lot of ways, a, a sort of classic biopic. It's very exciting. It's very, uh, it's got great characters. It tells like a very interesting real life story. Um, it certainly has a lot of Spike Lee elements in there as you watch the film. But it is surrounded by, I think, two of Spike Lee's most incredible sequences uh, ever. I also uh, think that one reason it's a lot more mainstream is the political climate. I think that, mm, you know, yeah. if it had, I, I think that has a huge part about making it's a very, it more mainstream. It's a very different world from 2015 when Shrey Rec came out. Like, absolutely. No, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right, Jenna. And, and as just to end my point real quick, I, I, I think the opening and closing of this film are just some of the most incredible imagery he's ever done. Uh, this movie it begins in a very interesting way, which is it opens with Gone with the Wind. <laughs> it opens with Gone yeah. with the Wind, and there's this incredible shot of Scarlett O'Hara and all these soldiers, and then it's just in the Confederate flag, and there's this amazing 
sequence where um, Alec Baldwin is channeling Jack Donaghy essentially in that f- famous 30 Rock episode where he can't act, saying this horrible racist rhetoric but failing to with projected imagery of birth of a nation projected on top of his face and i was like oh he's not here to fuck around <laughs> like yep. this is gonna be something and um i really do like the middle like the the section we're going to talk about the most of the film with what people know from the trailer but it is that beginning and that really sell this as one of the best films uh, of the year for me so let's start off what do you guys think of uh of john david washington denzel washington's kid getting his shot in the big time yep yeah yep yep D- didn't even realize jenna had that until... face like i didn't know <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I was gonna say for our, our listeners i just made this like shocked face yeah. because i had no idea <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it should be a video podcast right <laughs> yeah. it was a great reaction <laughs> <laughs> i thought he did a great job um yeah, I so I didn't know that little background information, and I also I hadn't heard of him before. But of course, as you know, all of you realize, I'm not nearly as big into films as most other people here. Um, but I thought he did a really nice job. Like I, I was impressed with his acting, and I think some of my favorite. So I I know, or at least I'm really hoping we talk about the ending because I know you kind of touched on the beginning. Um, no, we'll get there. But, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. But one thing that I loved about, like, you know, the great majority of the film, the middle chunk, is um, I love the parts where he's on the phone and he's making these faces about what David Duke is saying. And I, I like that brings me so much emotional, like, like, I feel like I'm standing or sitting right next to him, like, just living in that moment. And I think that's one thing that him as an actor did exceptionally well. No, yeah, it, if, if, uh, so, so I can speak to that. It, it was such, like, like every every time he was on the every time he was on the phone with, with Duke with Duke, and and then and and then and then when he was when he was like trying to present this present his case where he was like, I want to do this, and they were like, what? And, and the guy was like, No, there's a difference. Like, like you can just tell. And I'm thinking in my head, I was like, I was like, this is bef-, I was like, this is when like just the term of code switching wasn't a thing but every black person knew it's exactly what they do right. I, 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 i'm sitting there watching him i'm sitting there wa- wa- watching this white police officer tell to tell stalworth no you just know the difference between you know you, you know you know the difference between 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 when between when a white guy is talking and a black guy is talking and i and, and i had two and i had two thoughts one is one, one has one has to do with the film and the and the, and the second is anecdotal the first one, the first one, of the film. I was like, "You are sitting here listening to Stallworth just talk. Like, like, are you not <laughs> hearing him talk? Like, I'm pretty sure the first time you talked to him on the phone, you were like, no, he can't be black.' And the, and the second, and the second thing, anecdotal, uh, a real, real short story. Um, my my uh, so, so my, my dad, my dad, my dad served in the army. Um, and like and and like and a long a long a long while ago a long while ago when he was like I think I want to I want to say I want to say a major, um he 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 was he was talking to this high ranking officer on high ranking officer for 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 a while who's going who's going to be coming to who's going to, who's going to be visiting the base, um but 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 all but all of their interaction up to that point had been just over the phone, um, 
actually now that I'm saying it out loud, this is literally this is literally Stallworth and Duke, and so and so all and so all of their interaction was on, was on was on the phone, and, and so and so when the guy when the guy was going to fly into the city, um, my dad my dad my dad himself was going to pick him up from the airport and and, and bring him on base. So my dad so my dad shows my dad shows up in uniform. So like you, so like you can't be mistaken. The guy my, my dad shows up in uniform. The guy walks out of the gate, sees my dad, looks at him, kind of like looks at him, walks up to the right, doesn't walks to the right, comes back, looks at my dad, walks up to the left. Doesn't that doesn't find who he's looking for? Walks up to my dad, Major Dancy. Hi, sir. Nice to meet you. And it's like this guy did not realize he was talking to a black man because of how my dad just talks. Wow. And it's kind of the same thing with me. Like I have had so many people like say, "Peter, you talk white." And I'm just and I have asked the exact same question that Stallworth did in the film. I was like, "How does it sound to talk black?" Like, please tell me because I can speak you know just a few different ways. Like, like much like Stallworth, I can talk regular like regular vernacular. I can talk slang slash jive. I can talk. I can talk gay, you know, if you if you really want me to. <laughs> right, right. But it, so it's like, what does it sound like? Where are you going with this? Uh, you're making great points, but Jenna, once again, we need a cam because there's just a cat in your field. <laughs> 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 there's a lot of action on my end. These it's really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting, Peter. And it's interesting we've had two films this year because Sorry to Bother You is also about the idea of the white mm. voice. Uh, in a more uh, exaggerated uh, way. I will say, um, I saw this film uh, with 30 people. They were all black. I was the only white person there. Yep. And they uh, they lost their minds at that scene. Uh, I'm not going to repeat <laughs> what David Duke says, but he Ooh. explains while they talk, how they talk, quotes, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. And boy, it is... It's it's obviously openly comedic, but it is also rough. It is, whoo boy! And uh, Topher Grace is like the perfect choice of casting right? for that character because the whole thing they talk about is that David Duke was the smiling, polite Ku Klux Klan guy. Hey, I got I wear a suit. I'm nice. I'm charming. You know, and he is the perfect encapsulation of like the boring, milk toast. You know, hey, uh, Don't pick political. on Eric like that. Come on. You know, I'm dunking on him. I'm sorry, Venom. You're not getting away from this one. Um, but uh, he's like the perfect example of that person because then when he says horribly awful, terrible things, you're immediately like, oh, right. He's the worst person ever. I forgot because you, you have that sort of mindset of the redneck racist Ku Klux Klan member and he represents the sort of transition into the well-spoken intelligent, you know, racist Klan's member. So I have two like very divergent follow-ups to what you just said, Ben. The first is just quickly like the toe for gracing I thought was amazing. Like he did a really an eerie job, honestly. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I, I was talking to one of my coworkers about about the movie and my coworker hadn't seen it, but he'd seen previews and he's like, you know, I don't know if I'd really want to be the guy who's forever associated with David Duke. And I like sat and thought about that because it's so true. Like, I mean, he, it, it was eerie to me. Um, but the second thing following up on what you said then was this idea of, um, you know, like who is a Klansman? And this is something that this is like, I think my biggest criticism of the film was the, the, I, I don't know what his name was, but the like very redneck, um, he they like acted like he was inbred redneck Klansman um, guy. Oh yeah, he was like almost comedically stupid. Yeah. So, I, I so that was my too. like yeah. I don't even know if his name was even like a an, 
big or important part of it at all. But so my, my criticism is like, although it might have been kind of comedic or and especially it is a heavy film. So I get the need for comedy. But at the same time, it's like, I, I don't know if that's a healthy thing to portray, because I don't really think those are the, the racist people who like we need to worry about. And that's like, so that was my big criticism is that's the most like stereotypical perception, which I get there's comedy in it. But at the same time, I'm I, I just like, I, I wasn't a big fan of that, like characterization, just because there's so many, I mean, if this is going to be a political film, which is how I view it, there's so many more types of, of racism that are so much more, you know, dangerous or deadly than this, like, Ha ha ha! In because so I grew up in rural Wisconsin, so I get the like ha ha inbred redneck kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it's it's people like the um, uh, I can't think of his name at all, but um, the one who is the leader of this or who is trying to create this oh yeah um, oh, yeah. branch. The the first person that Ron speaks with on the phone. Um, I'm completely blanking, but I mean, that's a lot more the kind of racism, one, that it looks a lot more like that in this day and age, and two, the one that has a lot more power, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, Walter was his name. They that was it. Yeah, Thank he was, you. <laughs> he was fantastic, and I totally agree, more along the lines of that kind of uh, uh, clean-cut, uh, presentable version of it. I mean, that's what they sort of talk yeah. about, is that they don't wear their hoods out in public anymore, and that... Uh, you know, it is more yeah, this but... underground secret society almost in this sense, but obviously still factions of it are violent and will continue to be so. Um, I definitely want to get to the end, and I feel like it's a good way to do it, but I just want to talk about Adam Driver first and his character because um, one thing we don't often talk about with the Klan is that the Klan hates more than just black people, and especially right. they hate Jews. And I thought it was a very, very... His character was very interesting to me because he gets this really great section in the film where he talks about, like, man, I wasn't even bar mitzvah. I'm, like, barely Jewish. Like, I'm in, in that sense of, like, I don't practice, I don't... Uh, really go that often and still they want me to die and it's like this idea of like he gets to pass essentially and they sort of have this sort of really interesting conversation in that film about the way that he can pass as uh, a wasp essentially uh, that he can uh, live in their world but he's not technically a part of their world and I thought that was a very interesting way to sort of portray that and the way that he's character sort of grows and starts to realize because he initially is like the clan like who cares about the clan like that's part of the the whole story of the film and, and why the ending is really interesting is that it's all like eh, the clan's old who cares about the clan they don't matter anymore like certainly they mattered back in the 30s and whatever but they're not pop they're not that powerful anymore and it's it's that kind of rhetoric that lee is very worried about it's something that he's very concerned about this idea of that oh it's just a couple of angry people and they're gonna go in their bar and they're going to rant about black people and then they're never going to do anything and you know we don't need to worry about them and and his whole sort of ethos of this film is you do you really really do yeah like I, i'll actually i'll actually agree with i i will I'll definitely agree with, with, with jenna's critique on, on on there being like too much focus on like i'm like oh here's the redneck clan member when when, when it's like yeah they can showcase that but 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 i would but i wish we had gotten more dialogue more showcasing of uh, more showcasing of, of of how of how david duke at that time was trying to was was working to 
rebrand the clan you know i mean i mean i mean yeah i mean yeah sure we got we got we got, we got felix at the beginning when, when he picked up flip saying don't call it the clan call it the organization we got we got we got a little yeah, bit of di- we got a little bit of dialogue with, with, duke, with duke with duke with duke you know kind of like you know acknowledge, acknowledging star stalworth calling him the grand wizard but he but he was but he was like no here's my new here's my new title we got we, we got a bit we, we got a bit of insight into how it's like no these people are like in the government with 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 the, with those two with those two figures who were like off to the side when they when they were shooting and then when they were like at, at, at kind of like their makeshift shooting shooting rant, shooting range and then finding out later no these two these two men hold like high positions they have like nuclear codes and shit they know things they are like in deep in the government i wish we i i wish we had gotten like instead of just you know hints here and there like just more dialogue on like no we are like on like no like from Duke, from Duke or whoever. Like no, we are literally trying to insert ourselves and insert ourselves and get our and get our claws in every in in like in every in every facet of this country from from way at the bottom to up at the top, which was really funny. Which was really funny when 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 Stal when Stal was talking to I forget which officer which officer it was but but the, but the, but the guy but the guy but the guy the guy was trying to explain to Stallworth like well kind of explained to him it was like no it's like it was like no you shouldn't exactly be too afraid with him because they're trying to rebrand themselves so that was so that way so that way they can like get themselves in opposition to government you know even the president Stallworth was like the president of the United States why would America ever elect it and like and and so I I was on the same page as you like same same audience makeup as you as as you Ben everyone in my room was black even, even as late as i went everyone was black and everyone just bust out laughing because we're like we're literally we're, we're already here we are yeah. literally here and that's something i thought that the writers did exceptionally well was tie in like between some of the stuff that david duke was saying and then and and exactly that line was i mean it was it was eerie which i guess that's my word of the night but no it's, it's it was alarming definitely <laughs> one thing well, i really liked about oh, yeah. uh Oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Oh, quickly, just one thing I liked about um, what you're talking about with Adam Driver's character is, I mean, it's it's that moment that people realize, and I think that's something that's good for, you know, everyone, is like that moment when you realize, like, you can have skin in the game, even if you're different in some way, like, you, it still matters, like, and I, I loved that, like, that message. I liked it a lot. Well, let's... Uh... Let's discuss the ending, which we've talked around. Um, do you guys just want Wait, me to kind of explain? Can it I just way? like quickly? Yeah. So the one other, because I, I thought about this not talking about like this need for comedic relief within the film, the Polaroid moment. I like have to just give a shout out to it because I was literally like, so <laughs> the theater that I, the theater I go to, it has like reclining chairs and everything. So you know I'm relaxing, and I was literally like tears pouring down my face, laughing so hard at this moment <laughs> of the Polaroid. Like I just I loved it so much. So I went Friday afternoon. I got out of work early, um, and so it, like it wasn't a full theater, and the the makeup was definitely definitely different than both of yours. Um, but it was like I would I just oh it was that killed me the the polaroids especially because so i actually thought that he was trying to warn flip that they had like discovered him i thought he overheard them them talking about what his real name was and who he worked for and so i thought he's going to give him the camera and there's going to be like a message in the viewfinder and instead it's just this like glorious moment for comedy and i, I loved it yeah yeah that's that's sort of the magic trick of this movie which will lead me into the ending which is that you get this kind of 
glorious takedown of the clan. The, the guys blow themselves up, which, as far as I can tell, didn't really happen because that was a little yeah that, that was a little Hollywood movie momenty. Yeah, that was definitely um, like drama for the sake of having of having a big moment. Yes, and all um, of our and obviously there's some true. right, and obviously there's some really dark stuff like. Uh, and I don't think this also happened, but it's not shocking that it could happen, which is that he shows up uh, trying to get a, a bomb trigger away from a, a white lady and then two white cops come up and start beating him uh, until his partner comes. So it's certainly not all fun. I want to make sure it's clear. The movie does take it seriously when it wants to make it ter- take it seriously. Um, but there's obviously still moments of comedy. And then you get this great moment at the end where he calls up David Duke and gets to reveal himself and call him all these wonderful names and you're like ah it's great but then you get the classic you know like we're shutting down the uh, the um, investigation moment and no, then don't pursue this um, which pissed me the fuck off because i did not know that that was going to happen uh, i expected it it's how it always happens yeah I, um, I, I think i think i think we had like so many triumphs in like five minutes i was just like come on come on come on and and i was, I was like i was like come on like make 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 it be like get out where, where make it be like get out where he actually wins he lives everything goes right and it's like I guess I was just on that high, and and then like my my, my like 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 um common sense brain was like I'm just gonna be quiet back here. <laughs> no, just give me the catharsis. Um, and then he goes to see his uh, girlfriend, who then breaks up with him, Laura, because they have this whole uh, sort of back and forth because she's very political and she doesn't love the cops, and there's lots of interesting stuff we can talk about there. Uh, and then they hear a knock at their door, and you get one of those classic. Spike Lee dolly shots where the people are floating and there's this sort of surreal imagery of the clan outside. It's not clear if they're actually there, if it's just sort of a vision or something and they're burning a cross and then you start hearing chants of blood and soil and then it cuts to the Charlottesville uh, white supremacist rally and the car attack in very vivid detail. I had not seen most of that footage. I'd seen Neither some of that I. footage, but I had not Neither seen had I. some I'd only of it. And I do wonder if he got different footage. I know he got permission from the mother of Heather Hare to show it because he didn't want to glorify. Not he didn't want to try. Uh, he didn't want to show her death if 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 her mom wasn't on board, basically. Right. Um, and then he shows the president's speeches and. Uh, ends with the memorial her and then an upside down flag fading to black and white basically saying and, and of he, course david and, duke is there yeah he's showing him 40 like, years later he still matters year, speaking speaking last year saying yeah we're gonna continue what and he he basically said what our president trump is basically in support of taking our country back and it's like guys and, and it's like it, it, it i so I, I, I was I'm with you Ben I hadn't seen the footage I had seen some pictures of Charlottesville and like short clips of, 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 of that of that March and then I had seen pictures of uh, I seen pictures of of the car attack but I'd never seen any actual footage and so when that happened the entire room went silent and and then to and then to have David Duke still alive still kicking still talking like to hear him say it's it's like it's like guys we're not lying when we say that people who have this way of thought shitty way of thought but it's way of thought unfortunately like literally saying he's in agreement with us and like they're taking his words and running with it it's like this isn't a 
bygone thing. Like races never disappear. They just never never disappear. They just evolve. They just change their way of speaking, change their way of presenting themselves, much like David Duke was trying to do in this film back in the seventies, to rebrand yourself. They don't they don't disappear, they just rebrand. Well I think too with that, so I'm I'm with you guys. Like I'd seen a couple still pictures from Charlottesville, but I, I generally don't try and find video footage of stuff like that because yeah. it's I mean Honestly, I cried at the end. Like it was between oh, yeah. the it's actual horrible, footage, ugly cry. Yeah. Be- between the footage and then also it being interspersed with David Duke's speeches and and President Trump's speeches, like that was a, a lot to take in. Honestly, especially to realize it's almost fifty years and like, <laughs> please tell me what is different. But uh, sorry, I got myself distracted. Uh, what you're saying, Peter, is like not only, and I agree with you completely, but not only to have like a you know what racism is in the united states morph but also to have it validated on a public stage like hearing those words again because I, I had heard the speech before and i'd seen that video clip about how you know there's terrible people on both sides it's right. like yeah, no, yeah. um okay let's uh let's go back and look at this footage one more time because i think there's a lot to be right said. they're right i forgot that you he, know, he cuts from that back to it backing out and people beating the car with like sticks to try to stop it and it's like it's horrible yeah, just to, I mean, like I said, just to have it validated. Because, you know, I mean, it racism in itself, obviously, horrible. But then to, like, add this, like, political validation on, a, on an international level, because we're, we're, we don't just, op- we're not a country that operates only nationally. And, like, that, it was just, I mean, it was very, very deeply disturbing to me. Yeah, it's 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 incredibly powerful, and I understand people get mad at it. And I, it's very funny to see a lot of complaints to, that are like, "We well, didn't come here to hear politics. It's about the Ku Klux Klan. It's gonna be political." Yeah, I hate to tell you this, but it's but all, it's but always they political. They have all, literally always been political. It just is, and I think that's part of. Spike Lee's thing. I really do recommend the Time Magazine article on him. He's on the front cover, and uh, mm. and he has this really interesting. They basically more talk less about the movie and more about his career, and and basically about how he didn't want to be that guy who is a black entertainer who got rich being political and then shut up. He he never wanted to be that guy because he's and his whole thing is like I study history. I study the way that people in power make you shut up and I'm just not ever going to do it, you know? And this is going to be a film that's going to piss people off at the end, especially because you, because I think people are going to go. I saw a trailer for a movie called green book which stars Vigo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali, two actors I love. And it's an interesting subject It's based on a real story of this Italian bouncer bodyguard type who, um, travels who is in charge of keeping a black piano player safe as he travels the deep south in the early 60s and they, the, the, the title comes from a real book that existed that would tell black people who wanted to travel through the south these are the places oh, yeah. that won't yeah. you won't get murdered essentially like you will be safe if you go to this hotel or this town is pretty chill and this you know I told you like oh but avoid this town with all costs and you know like if you have to get a tire of change, you have to go here, etc. Um, but the film 
now after watching Black Klansman just feels, looks so pat in comparison. It feels to me a pat on the back. We solved racism, everybody. It, 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 I hope it's not. I hope it is a little more interesting than that. But to end this film this way in which it can very easily be like, we stopped David Duke and everything was okay. It ignores what is real history, which is that we didn't, you know, and that he still matters. And that even if the clan is not the same, there is still the alt-right, which is a new version of it in many ways. And it's like ending on that upside down American flag is such an imagery of like, this is, you, yeah, this is the real America in a lot of ways, this sort of statement. And it's going to piss people off that they don't want to address it, but it's more honest in a lot of ways than something that can be a lot more, um, I don't know, enjoyable. Like, I'm sure Green Book's going to be a very enjoyable movie, but it's not going to leave me thinking about things other than acting, probably. One thing I thought was pretty interesting, I was talking to my parents about having seen the movie, and my dad mentioned that uh, apparently David Duke called Ron Stallworth up like the week before the movie dropped and asked if he was portrayed in a negative light. And I just started laughing because like, one, I don't, I, and you know, controversial statement, but I don't think he's stupid based on like he did. I mean, yep. it was evilly brilliant to transform the imagery of the clan. Like, yep. you know, like everyone has their own opinion. I don't agree with the opinion, but it was still like a, it was an intelligent move, not a, not a good one, but, um, but for him to think that like, how, how, I don't understand how you could possibly think that you would be portrayed well in this film. Like, come on, dude. I don't know right. what. Like, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was just interesting, like follow up to the films. My my dad was telling me about that. And I was like, what in the world is going on with people's brains these days? <laughs> it's yeah. And, and, and I think the thing that works really well for me is that I think spike lee really it's his take on the power of the stories we tell ourselves um a lot of this film deals with birth of a nation which is a very famous film for many reasons in film history it is often and he kind of talks again time magazine Markle, he talks about this he's like they showed us birth of a nation and they're like wow look at the filmmaking look at the cinematography look at the at the uh, you know all the all the advances in editing techniques and it certainly was it was a very important film on those levels but they never talked about that it brought the clan back that it caused uh it is probably directly responsible for the rise in lynchings that occurred after that it is it, it you can't you can't desanitize that and sort of that's his and there's an incredible sequence where he has harry belafonte playing uh this this old man who saw uh, uh, his friend get lynched it's based on a true story oh, and yeah. they intercut that with um with, with ron stallworth at um with adam driver playing ron stallworth um getting inducted into the clan and it's about the stories each person tells each other it's about the real america versus the america that ku klux Klan tells itself exists you know it is real oppression versus forced oppression it is very very interesting and very much about the way he's trying to talk about that the stories we tell matter that the stories we tell ourselves about our history matter and we can't sanitize it and change it because then people subvert that and make their own stories i mean that's why he starts with we've gone with the wind it's like the ultimate sanitized confederacy movie <laughs> like um and it's 
the highest grossing film of all time adjusted for inflation. That matters, you know? You can't just kind of ignore that and the power of that uh, because it's 80 years old at this point. Um, it says, I just thought that was a very, uh, very powerful that sequence. Was well, there anything else you guys want to say for this, or should we get to uh, ratings? No, I'm super impressed how much, like, of all the things that stood out to me, we've covered them all. And, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'll just say quickly, I really enjoyed the score. It's a very old-school 70s cop kind of score. It has, like, yeah. this one riff that kind of plays over and over again. I don't know. It just felt very old-school to me, and I, I liked it. All right. Well, let's get yeah. to ratings. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'll start with you, Jenna. What you? Uh, what are you gonna rate it? Oh, so much pressure! I actually hadn't thought about this. I'm like, <laughs> wasn't clever enough to be like, hmm, what would I score this? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm literally thinking of it right now. I'm just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. See, okay, this is what I. So I was on last week's podcast as well, and which is like two weeks in a row. I think this is the first. So we might need I to know it's a shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like patting myself on the back here. Um, no. <laughs> um, but so my problem is, is like the scoring is getting more difficult because I have to think about like what I've scored other films and then try to compare them is not really a fair venture always. And most of that's on me because I like I'm I'm trying to get on more podcasts now because I have more time. But um, I would probably give it. Um, I'd probably give it an eight and a half. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I liked the I liked a lot of the symbolism between you know then and now, and I thought it was really well done. Um, I thought like the film itself was was beautiful. Like um, like I said, that one scene where you're seeing all the faces at the speech at the very beginning with uh, Stokely Carmichael, like it was just it was so beautiful. Um, and yeah, that end scene like it, it hit me so hard. So I'll say an eight and a half. All right, Peter, you're next. Um, uh, la, 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 la. Uh, I am going to give this movie an eight. There, I, I loved how, like, like, like Jenna, like Jenna, like Jenna said, and, and like, and like, I, like I said earlier, um, I was able to draw so many comparisons between then and now, then them, them being the '70s and, and now, and just like what has changed, what hasn't changed. I, I loved how uh washington and drive and driver like 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 seem to like really embody and and, t and take and take on their characters and, and how and how they worked navigating in this world that that, that that was that was built that was built in this film and and how and how they interacted with all of the other characters be it be, be it from be it from be, being from the clans members to david duke himself to um to to, to uh to to the, to the to the woman who played star uh, star Starworth's girlfriend to to what to what to uh, to the other police officers uh up from from the from the chief from the chief from the chief down uh, down to um who's that patrolman um uh land uh, landers and like and and, and, ever, and everyone in between um i i I, lo I loved all of like all of the interactions and and, and seeing and seeing it's like okay like like how, like how are they changing their speech how are they changing their behaviors from from one scene to, from one scene and one person to the next and, and making sure that like their whole investigation works and and, and and like and like jenna said the inclu the inclusion of the inclusion of all those clips from the past couple of years uh at, at the end of this film was truly shocking especially because 
I had never seen them before and to see it in such a stark way in in such a in such a raw presentation was really powerful and and I think very necessary it's it, it, it very 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 ne very necessary because because you because now that I'm thinking about it you could almost can you like I, I I could almost consider that car attack kind of kind, kind of like a modern day lynching only it's mm. with a vehicle rather than a rope mm -hmm. yeah that's a great comparison Peter yeah uh, I don't know how to follow that up so I'll just say I'm gonna give it an eight uh, eight point five um yeah, this is one of my favorite films of the year. It's it's mm. it's really incredible. Like I said, those the opening and the ending are just are what push it ahead. But the rest of the film is really excellent as well. Uh, like we said, there's certainly some problems and some some, some tweaks here or there I, I would have preferred, but they're more minor complaints. Um, and I particularly just think that the main four, John Dia Washington, Adam Driver, Laura Harrier, and Topher Grace are all really, really give great performances. And... Uh, also on a very base level, John David Washington and Laura Harrier are very attractive people. Oh my and god! I like looking at them yeah. on stream, <laughs> there are, are some cuties. <laughs> so whenever they were together, I was like, "Kiss, yes!" Oh, there's an amazing. Oh, I totally forgot. There's an amazing, crazy sequence where they all do like this '70s disco dance number. Oh, it's I love that awesome. the club. Crazy! It's that was that was so unnecessary, a, but I love it. It was a beautiful moment. I loved that scene. I'm glad you brought it up. I I actually forgot about that too. In in the midst of everything, I just else. remembered it. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh God, it's great. Um, so yeah, it's just I, I think that it's a very interesting film. It's very timely, but it's kind of brilliant because it's both timeless, sadly, and timely. It's it's sort of about that. It's like I said when when it gets to the deeper themes about. Lee talking about the way we tell our stories and the way we have to view our history and that we can't view all these things as racism is in the past and things like that, that we have to acknowledge the way that things change, the way that um, these things don't go away and we can't just kind of sit on our laurels and let this happen. So um, it's just really incredible. And it's just, I think, Spike Lee at his best uh, as much as I do like his films this decade and, and all their weirdness, uh, it's definitely his best film he's made probably since Inside Man. And uh, I'm glad it's making some money and some people are going to see it because, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting film. And also produced by Jordan Peele, who is just on the goddamn most incredible career track of anybody ever. Like, dear God, that man could do no wrong right now. Um, <laughs> so... Yes, so the Movie Game Podcast gives Black Klansmen an 8.5. So that'll do it this week. As always, you can check out our show at Tuscan Shed Media Network. Uh, sorry, TuscanShed.com. We are the Tuscan Shed Media Network. And you can check out our other shows like Animania, Geek Space Nine, which has only two episodes left, you guys. Oh, my God. Yeah, it works so close. There's only two <laughs> left, and it's all over. We've been doing that show for two years, we found out. It's crazy. Easy. And Animania is just about to hit 100 episodes, all kinds of milestones. It's great. Of course, we also have Feast for Bros. I'm sure the, yeah, it'll come back in 200 years, I'm sure, eventually. <laughs> I'm so excited. It'll crush the idealism next spring. I know, so but then apparently they're making another show, so we'll probably just keep going. That's my hope. Hmm. 
We're going to be all sitting in a nursing home recording that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's finally out. <laughs> it'll 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 be it'll be like the real it'll, it'll be like the real life uh or the, the real life um confirmation of I waited 84 years. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how we're all going to feel when the final book gets published. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, it's not coming out. I've like given up on that. Everybody has. That it's just, it's all over. <laughs> I think world peace will be declared. When it comes out. Like, oh my god, it's real. <laughs> uh, so be sure to check out our shows. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe, and definitely rate us on iTunes. It does help the show uh, get new listeners. And uh, for the weekend podcast, thanks for listening. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.